Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. Well, welcome back. Oh, well, we hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. Uh, we are going to get uh, in line with the scriptures and the teaching. Uh, matter of fact, we're just going to dive right into that. What we have been talking about, we started last Friday and spent yesterday's broadcast on, is the idea, and what we've got it to, is that the, the idea that our, our thoughts about God is what will help us to become the kind of people that pray without ceasing. There are other things that could be said. You know, we it's not the only thing that will help us fill up our life with more of prayer and thoughts of God, but what have you. But we said yesterday there are set times of prayer. There are specific things throughout our day that we need to pray over. But if we were comparing that to our life or our soul being a, a pint-sized jar that the sand we pour in there represents the amount of praying we're doing, probably with, with our set times of prayer, mornings, meals, maybe bedtime, and then our specific things that pop up where someone asks us to pray or we think of a special need, we might pour all the sand that we could get out of that and maybe be a quarter full, maybe a third full, you know, whatever the case may be in your life. But how do we get to become the kind of person that the jar's full of prayer, the jar's filling up with sand and really to the point of even overflowing with it? Well, I think one of the biggest ways that we become uh, the kind of people that pray without ceasing is through our spiritual thoughts about God. That's how we're going to keep adding more prayer to the jar. Now, I don't want to go through everything that I said yesterday and take up all our time with that, but uh, you can go to Daybreak Devotions Podcast mm-hmm. Edition, and you can listen to yesterday's if you missed that. But every time, the premise is every time we're actually thinking about God is a way that we're being prayerful and adding sand to the jar. I had this thought while you were giving that initial analogy yesterday. It- so we compare prayer so much to, to being our relationship builder. It's, it's what's keeping us in focus with God. It's our communion with God. It's, it's abiding in Him. And, you know, well, how can thoughts be prayer? And it's like there was, there was so much about my wife that developed in our relationship because of the times that I was thinking about her when I wasn't necessarily with her. I was being reminded of what I loved about her. I was being reminded about what I was learning about her. And so... Carrying those thoughts actually drew my heart to her far more throughout the times where I wasn't physically with her. Now, the wonderful thing about God is he's always physically with us, but, you know, we may not— Or spiritually. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we may not be in church or a dedicated time of learning or an intensive Bible reading time where we're, you know, really those set times or anything like that. But as I'm driving down the road or as I'm engaging with other people and I'm having these thoughts, it is definitely relationship building as well. Well, I've had that experience. My wife has sometimes asked me, because especially through my Rock of Ages years, as a missionary, I'd travel uh, in the military. We'd go off to the field for a week for training. Um, even now, I can be gone on, on a, a trip for a few days and come back. And, and I'm, very, I'm much more aggressively attentive to her and wanting to be with her. And, and she's asked me before, like, why is it when you come home that you're you're like that? And and I've told her, well, because I had to, I came to that realization when I am not here, I actually am thinking about you, 
it's almost like I'm not taking you for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the heart that we want to develop with God that that when we're not we're not directly engaged with him, that we're actually drawn to be engaged with him, even if we're doing something else, but just to meditate and think about him and who he is and what he's done. Now, as you just said so well, when we do that, though, because God is always present, we're going to automatically be drawn into prayer. So it's almost like the thoughts about God are going to lead to those specific times of prayer. Right. More about that in a moment. The question that I kind of left us with yesterday and began to to say was, are our thoughts about God, can we actually really call those prayers? And our text was in uh, Psalm 139. At the very end of it, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And then he tells why he wants God to know his thoughts. So first of all, he wants God to know his thoughts. Why? He says, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So know my thoughts because through my thoughts I can align with you. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is alignment with God. It's getting in on what God is up to, if you want to say it that way. And David says, I don't want to stray from that, so I want my thoughts to be right. Well, that reminds us, uh, or should could remind us, of Psalm 19, the very last verse. Is it Psalm 19, verse 14? That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The words of my mouth, spoken. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be spoken prayer. That can be spoken to other people, like, about God. But the meditation of my heart is clearly our thoughts, what we're thinking on. So are our thoughts prayers? Well, we would say yes just from that that text. But I, I jotted down a few more. First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9. The Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. So with the first text, we have David acknowledging, I need God to know my thoughts. I want God to know my thoughts for this reason. I want to be in the right way. Now in First Chronicles 28 9, we see God declares, I do know your thoughts. I am searching them out. I know the imaginations of your thoughts. I know the thoughts your thoughts are having. You know, well, that's pretty serious. And, and just to kind of finish that verse, I like the last part of it. If you seek him, he will be found of thee, which is wonderful because it's connecting my thoughts to my seeking after God. All right. Well, here's another verse, Psalm 10 and verse 4. And this will just illustrate the importance of our thoughts and how they either help us to relate with God, abide in God, or they don't. Because he says, the wicked will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. So I think it's fair to say that, that there's a, at least a defining characteristic of someone who is wicked is that they're not thinking about God as much as they should, mm-hmm. which gets my attention. Because that means a characteristic of righteousness and holiness is to be having God thoughts all the time or inviting and having God in all my thoughts. Now, we said yesterday we're not at the place where that's true of us. There's no one of us who can say, yep, every day I am full of God. You know, now our sand in our jar, it's like we got a, it's like we put in the sand in a, a sieve mm-hmm. and it kind of just seems to leak out. And so that's why we have to continuously keep working and putting more sand in there because we, we haven't got all the holes plugged yet. Yeah. Um, but let me give you one more. Psalm 94 and verse 19. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. What I understand from that verse is, is David is saying, it is in all these thoughts that I'm having. Now, they can be 
They can be trying thoughts, right? And matter of fact, the, the context of that psalm probably is more leaning toward, oh, I just my thoughts are just, Lord, they're just troubled. I'm bothered by so many things. But what he, he shows us is, is that in the multitude of the thoughts within him, God's comforts are coming to him. Well, that means that in my thinking there's communion with God if my thoughts are toward God. So in answering the question, are our thoughts qualified as prayers, these are just a few verses. But, friend, the Bible definitively answers that question as yes. And and we need to know that God is is hearing or understanding those prayers that we might not even realize we're praying. And Again, how encouraging is that to know that praying without ceasing, some of these other thoughts that we've had that have seemed like I can never attain to that. How, how do I pray to God when I'm in a business meeting, when I'm having a discussion with my child, when I'm, I can't multitask, I can't have two conversations at the same time, but I can be engaged with somebody else and be thinking about, oh, Lord, thank you, for, thank you for allowing me to have this person in my life, or thank you for allowing me to have this role and opportunity, or wow, this is a serious meeting right here. Lord, I, help, help me to, to get out of this and to do my part that you have me here for this. Well, now this is starting to become not easy, but not complicated. I can rationalize this. I can comprehend how I can do this. Now let's roll up our sleeves and get busy. I've referenced this verse many times. You've brought it back to my mind again. Let me preface the reading of the verse with a question. Is this radio broadcast right now prayer? And the answer, obviously, I'm looking for is yes. Mm -hmm. To the listener listening right now, you are entering into prayer with us. We are in an act of prayer right now. And you say, well, but we're not even talking to God. No, but listen to Malachi 3.16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Now, if you're not convinced yet, I don't know that I, I mean, how many more passages we have to look at? God is entering into just our conversation about him. And the conversation about him is the product of our thoughts about him. The words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, acceptable unto God. Every time we do this radio broadcast, well, some might argue last Friday was a questionable. <laughs> but when we lay aside the jesting and we're actually really talking and thinking about God, this is, this is prayer, and God is attentive to that, and he's entering into that. And if we spend this 30 minutes together, that's sand in the, in the jar, so to speak. And, it's, and, and by the way, just to make it clear, I think everybody that's with us knows we're not doing that just so we can say our jar's full of sand or mm-hmm. our life's full of prayer. We're doing that because the result is, is a life filled with God. It's not merit badges for us. Right. It's saturation of our soul with the with the very reality of life itself, which is God. And so that's the reward of this, is God gives us him. The guy that comes in that says, you know what? There's nothing I want more than to have a life filled with God and for God to have all of me. But man, pray with me. You know, Let's learn how to do this together. That's the people you want to be around because they're going to... They're going to be the kind of people that when they do get full of God and it's overflowing and the sand's flowing off the top of the jar because it just keeps getting poured in faster than it can go out, they're the kind of people you want around you because when your jar's not very full, you know they, they're helping make up that gap yep. you know, in your life. And, 
and and you know thank the Lord for people that when our jar's not full, their jar's full. You know, and that's again we can get into the whole discussion of the need of one another. And well, I'm sure we'll talk about that again in future days. Malachi three sixteen. All right. So uh, here's the next question then. Well, I could insert this question, and, and I think this would just be a great, great one to talk about. But for the point of our teaching, I won't spend much time on it. But it does make me think. So what do you think about God? What do you think about God? Who is God? What is God like? How does that make you feel? Without being funny, yeah. right? That's a great. I mean, right there is an inroad to if you get some folks that love God together and you just ask a question like that. So what do you think about God? What what's he what's he like? Man, you're gonna before you know it, everybody's jar's gonna be full. Yeah. What was the what was the Willard statement that he made about what a person thinks about God That's is Tozier. Oh, that was Tozier? That was Tozier. Okay. The most important the most important thing about you is what you think about God is the most important thing about you. Yeah, yeah so, we're, something we're like butchering that. It. <clears throat> but it, it is revealing because if you know you get asked that question, well, what do you think about God? And if the only thing that you have to go on is cliches or facts, like generic just assumptions, again, that's not an indictment as far as like, oh, you're you're pathetic. But it should be eye-opening of. Wow, think about God more. This is all that I've got to go on. I mean, a God that great and that infinite, I need to do something. But then if you've got something to share, well, the only thing that it does is it just it solidifies that in your heart more and more of like, yeah, I'd be more than happy to tell you what I think about God. Yeah, you. I like that phrase there. The expressing of what we think about God solidifies it in our heart. Yeah. It's a very important thing for us to speak our thoughts to others. And that's a... I don't know if it's a triangle or not, but I guess it kind of forms like a triangle. You know, you, you God is the the central point here, and the two bottom points would be me and the other people of my life. And as I think about God upward in the triangle, and I speak about God, you know, um, what's the linearly line, linearly that that would also be called uh, parallel a, perpendicular perpendicular, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so. It's forming this whole like triangle effect of, you know, me getting closer to God and you getting closer to God, us getting closer together because of God, and it just empowers us and makes us richer, deeper, mm-hmm. uh, and so and, and more prayerful. It's got our, our jars are filling up with sand. Now, here's the question I actually will will move to now for the remainder of our discussion: How are my thoughts then turned to God so that I am more prayerful? Because that, I think, is a natural next question. Okay, I'm with you. I think I see that. My thoughts about God are prayers. Okay, and how do I get more thoughts about God? Because we're thinking about a lot of stuff, rightly so. Everybody's plate's full. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's living life. We're awed by God who can run the universe and have 128 million thoughts about us every second as far as we know. But we're not able to do that. How do I get more thoughts about God? And when I thought of that question, the first verse that comes to mind, Proverbs 16, 3, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Because I want my thoughts established on God. So what I take from that verse and that thought is that this would be an answer. And I think I have about, to this question, how how I'm closing out all this is about four answers that I, I jotted down to this question how are my thoughts then turned to God so that I can be more prayerful? 
And so I think the first one is, coming from Proverbs 16.3, is, is what that shows me is my set times of prayer that we referred to earlier, if they're used well, will lead me to spiritual thoughts throughout the day. Meaning, if in the morning I will get up and I will really consecrate all that I am, including my mind and my thoughts to God, and I give him, let's just say, the first hour of the day, however you want to do that, I don't think it's an unreachable goal to say, let's give God the first hour of our day. Now, you may not pull it off tomorrow. You may not pull it off this week, but but to work toward that and say, I want to become the kind of person that gives God the first hour of my day, because if you'll do that, you've already put a chunk of sand in the jar today. Mm-hmm. And so that first hour of the day when I'm really dedicating everything that I am, my, my mind, my body, my heart, my all, my attention, my affections, my appetites, all to God, I've set myself up to be a pretty prayerful person through the day because I'm going to think about things I read in the Scripture. I'm going to think about things God showed me. If you're a journaler, you know, and you've captured some thoughts, I mean, what I am sharing right now come out of morning prayer, a set time of prayer and I wrote all these things down, you know, several days ago now, but I'm able to still reference it right here today because, you know, it's captured. So, see, it, it, it sets me up. Now, the sand I got from that time with God that morning, I'm getting more sand out of that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can't make this up, as they say. So, I think that's the first answer. How, how can my thoughts be turned to God? I think the first answer is begin the day well with God that set time of prayer and then you know go ahead and add in there when you when you do take like we're able to do here which is a wonderful thing have a have set hours in the day where everybody here stops what they're doing and they've got permission to just stop and spend time with god those pauses for prayer are important your meal times all that so that would be the first thing i would say is make those those set times be the catalyst to being a spiritually minded person so they're no longer obligatory check boxes like okay good i had my i had my morning prayer time instead we're viewing them as hey these are springboards to set me up for success these are these aren't check boxes of necessity cuz i got to do it but they're necessity because if i don't do it i'm not going to have the energy the the power the direction of what i need yeah it's conditioning yeah it's something we talked about last week i think early in the last week or something but we train to practice we practice to become it's that kind of a thing the next thing I wrote down was we need to get God's thoughts into our thoughts by soaking our soul with the Word of God. Those aren't mutually exclusive to one another because a key time to do that is first thing in, in the morning, I think, which is if you're going to give God the first hour of your day, a pretty good chunk of that should be in His Word. And man, we, we could talk about how to do that. I mean, how, how does a person spend 30 minutes soaking in the Word of God? Well, it probably is not like thrusting a sponge down in a bucket. It's probably more like setting the sponge on top of the water in the bucket and letting the water slowly seep into the sponge. You come back later and the sponge is in the bottom of the bucket, right? Mm -hmm. That's how we want to do it, and that takes time. That's... But if you open the Word of God and you read a passage, I don't remember who I heard say this the other day, but... It's, it's reading a passage. I might have read somewhere somebody said this, but it's reading a passage, stopping, thinking about it, praying whatever comes to mind, like, re, like reading a verse or two verses, then going back and reading the next verses, stopping and thinking about it, praying whatever comes to mind. Man, 15, 20 minutes is going to go by, 
maybe you've worked your way through a chapter of the Bible. You say, well, is it not better to read four or five chapters of the Bible? No. no. It's better to soak in what God has given you because we want his thoughts to become our thoughts. For reference, Isaiah 55. These verses are used probably more in a negative sense than they should be, but this is what the Lord says. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Get those thoughts out of you, God says. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Your ways always follow your thoughts. God is saying, when you got the wrong thoughts in there, you need to get rid of that, because my thoughts are not your thoughts, so let's fix your thoughts. Because a lot of times I think this has been presented as, oh, you're right, I can never live up to God. Yep. You know? But God's saying, no, your thoughts right now are not my thoughts. So we're going to fix that. Next verse. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, so where my thoughts are in the heavens, as the rain and snow cometh down from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and it bringeth forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Here it is. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So God is saying, your thoughts are wrong, but I can help you with this. My thoughts are way up in the heavens, and your thoughts are way down there. And the message is not, you'll never be able to think the right way. The message is, let me give you your thoughts. As I send rain from heaven down, and it blossoms and buds and produces, so I will send my word to you, and it will blossom and bud and produce in your life. And that's, or is it bud, blossom, produce? Whichever way it is, that's what God is saying. Your thoughts can be the thoughts of God. You can learn how to think God's thoughts. All of them? No. Never like God, but like unto God. So that's what we need. We need to soak our soul in the word of God. You mean kind of like how we are in the image of God? Not gods ourselves, but we're formed and fashioned to be a whole lot more than what we have settled and allowed ourselves to be. Yeah, well, and so far we haven't. We've moved past the set time of prayer, but all this is anchored in that set time of prayer. I'm telling you, I've said it around the church and probably said it on here. I used to be one of those that would say, hey, look, if you can't do it in the morning, I understand. Get some time with God sometime. I don't, I just, I'm not going to, I believe you need to learn how to give God the first hour of your day minimum. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. We can work with that. But that should be the goal. Give God the first hour of the day, whatever we have to do to get there, because that's where these things are coming from. That's where my set time sets me up to be a spiritually-minded person. That's where I'm soaking my soul in the Word of God that's going to, through the day, stay with me and produce. Mm. So the third thing... My, how the time flies on the radio broadcast. The third thing I would say is what we're, is thinking about the objective here. What we want is for God to be the context of our whole life, our everything. We all know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We quote that a lot. You know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. But what that means is it's bigger than what most people, I think, realize. It's saying, I won't the context of my life to be God. So no matter what's going on, the doctor's appointment this afternoon, the, uh, the bus ride to school, the uh, meal planning for tomorrow, whatever it is, I want God to be the context of everything I'm doing, which is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat, therefore, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
So that's that's the important agenda we're after. Paul frames this well too. You know, if you're note taker, listener, write down Colossians chapter three, verse seventeen and twenty three are prime, but the whole chapter is is vital. But I would just read Philippians four. This this gives us a good sense of where we're at on this. Philippians chapter four. Verse number six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You heard that. Prayer, supplication. The peace, and let the peace of God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, good report, any virtue, any praise, think on these things. That's my objective. Paul is saying you need to have the mind of Christ. Think like he thinks. You you can go back to Philippians 2 to kind of build that case all the way to Philippians 4. Let this mind be in you. So it's it's a thinking. It's an intellectual thing. But that thinking on God produces the kind of life where the peace of God is ruling and and leading me, even in my most trying experiences. So we're after having God as the context of our entire life. Let me give the let me give one final thought that that'll help us. How do we how do we turn our thoughts to God so that we're more prayerful? And this one really is the piggyback off of what I just said. But I'll answer the question with a question: What brings thoughts of God in our what what brings thoughts of God in our life? And I think the first answers I come to are the pleasures, but also the pains. Now. That's not necessarily an automatic, but that's what we're when when God is becoming the context of our life, my point is that everything in our life can now serve the purpose of bringing us to thoughts of God, which in turn makes us a more prayerful person, even our temptations and trials. Mm-hmm. I was reading Kempis the other morning, and let me just close, I guess, with Kempis. He he's writing here in the imitation of Christ. He's sort of pouring his heart out to God about the struggles that he's in. And this is what he says. What kind of life is this that has nothing but afflictions and misery, snares and enemies everywhere? As soon as one trial or temptation ends, another comes. In fact, while the first battle is still going on, others suddenly begin. And as I'm reading that, this is what came to me. But what is he doing with it? He's, he's bringing it to God. And the very thing he's complaining about the trials and the afflictions is actually driving him to thoughts and prayers that are keeping him in connection with God. It's really a mindset. It's a mindfulness. It's an awareness that we're building within us to understand that everything is about him. Mm-hmm. And just and just owning that and, and welcoming that and being hungry for it, that's what changes everything. Definitely gives life a whole lot more meaning than just the aimless wake up, live, breathe, and one day die. But to know that I wake up, I live, I breathe, but I live with God, and nothing in my life is random, but everything is serving the purpose of increasing my attention and my focus to God, doesn't necessarily make the trials easier, and it also doesn't make the joys any sweeter, per se, but it, it does give the perspective and the framework to to be encouraged in all things and ultimately have a deeper sense of joy and peace, which every heart on this earth is craving for. All children love to play in the sand. We're learning to pray in the sand. That's right. (laughs) Just made that up. 
<laughs> you could probably tell. Right there on the spot. <laughs> Friends, thanks for joining us today. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.